another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Lord, we thank you for what is a great day in your house. And Lord, we praise you, God, once again, that you are with us. God, we don't take lightly or for granted. God, that we get to come publicly declare your name as great. God, that we get to come and publicly worship you. God, and we just thank you that you've allowed that to be something that we can do in our country. And God, we pray for every person that doesn't know the goodness of your love. And God, we ask that you would reveal it to them. God, wherever they're at, whatever they're doing, God, and all our friends and family that are away on holiday, God, we just pray your protection and safety upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, if you're looking for a message title this morning and you uh, want to take notes, you can write this down. The message title is State of My Heart. State of My Heart. And uh, we're going to be going through a parable, actually. Jesus used parables throughout uh, the New Testament to teach people about principles of the kingdom of God. And he used stories because who loves a story? I love a story. We go to the movies all the time because we love stories. We watch TV shows because we love stories. Jesus knew this right from the start, and he used applicable stories to teach us about the principles of the kingdom of God. And today we're going to go through one uh, about the principle of the farmer scattering seed, or it might be called the principle of the sower in your Bible. And uh, we're going to be reading, it's, it's kind of laid out in the different uh, Gospels, different ways, but we're going to be reading the one in Mark chapter 4 today. So if you've got a Bible, please feel free to jump in there. We're going to be going Mark chapter 4, verse 3 to 9. It's also on the screen. And this is Jesus speaking to a bunch of people. He's actually preaching from a boat right now, uh, which, side note, he is just so smart because uh, vocal, like sound, travels better over water. So he decided to go out in the boat and preach because everyone could hear him. Anyway, Jesus, smart man. Uh, Parable of the farmer scattering seed, uh, verse 3. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on the footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Parable of the farmer scattering the seed. Has anyone tried to grow grass before? I tried once. I'm not sure if I'll ever try again. Now, picture this. Hannah and I are renting a house. Uh, it's got this beautiful backyard. It's got gardens. It's got all this kind of stuff. And I think I let the weeds grow a little bit too long. And when I took the weeds out, the grass had died under where the weeds were, which is a whole other message. Uh, but I decided, well, I want to leave this place in a good, good state. You know, I actually knew the landlord. He went to church. So I thought oh, I'd better do the right thing. Uh, and I should plant some seed and get the grass growing again. So I go down to the local plant shop and I'm like, oh, I'll just get some seed, throw it on, it'll be all good. And I look at the wall. If you've ever been and looked for grass seed, there is a wall of packets of seed that are about this big and as many different types as you could ever think, there is different types of seed all over this wall. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know where to start. I mean, I play golf and I remember the difference between this kind of grass and this kind of grass, but I don't know what that means when I'm looking at a packet. So I just grab something that looks good. And I'm thinking, it can't be hard to grow grass because grass is everywhere. Like it's, you go drive a drive and there's paddocks full of grass and you walk down the road and next to the footpath there's grass. And I'm like, it just grows wherever 
nothing else is happening. So it must be pretty easy. So I get the seed and I go home and I scatter the seed and I water it and I went inside. And the next day I come out and I watered it again and I went inside. And the next day I went out, I watered it again and I went inside. And I probably missed a few days because I'm not that into grass. Uh, and, but <laughs> literally nothing happened. Like not one sprout, not one little bit of grass. All I could see was weeds still growing. And it was just a bad, bad experience. And the thing that I learned is that there is actually an art to growing grass. And Jesus is talking about this parable. And you know what happens after he says this parable to everyone? They go kind of finish the, the, the church service, essentially. Go at the back, and his disciples like, hey, um, hey, Jesus, awesome message, so good. But, hey, what does that mean? Like, they legit said that. Like, Jesus, can you explain that to us a bit more? And luckily they asked that because most of us in this room are probably asking the same question. Like, <laughs> what does that mean? I don't, I don't understand. And Jesus actually answers it, and he says a few um, harsh words to them before he answers it. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, this whole parable is about salvation. At, at its root, it's about salvation. It's about how we receive the gift that Jesus has given us and then what we do from that point. Because the gift has been given and the, the message has been spoken Essentially, the seed has been scattered, and then it's up to us on how we receive that or how our heart is prepared, the state of our heart. And I just want to talk us through what Jesus explained and the different types of soil and what that means in different stages of our life. And so we'll go through the first one, soil number one, footpath, uh, where the, the soil landed on the footpath. And this is Jesus explaining it in Mark chapter 4, verse 15. He says, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. So this is a person, uh, maybe we've been in this place before, where the message of God has been spoken to us, or maybe someone's invited us to church. Uh, if you have been invited today, awesome to have you here. Uh, and the seed has fallen on hard ground and, and nothing has happened. You know, I'm sure all of us have potentially been in this place before. I know I was when I was younger, but my heart was heartened, not because of any offense in my case, not because of any preconceived ideas. It was just because I just didn't know about God at all. So my heart was, heart was hard and in a state of hardness because I had no experience of who God was. So when people scattered the seed to say, hey, do you want to come to church? I just said no because I didn't know any better. But for some of us, and maybe because we have had hurt happen in our life, and all of a sudden now the state of our heart is now hard, so then when someone invites us to come to church or says, can I pray for you, or wants to scatter that seed on your life once again, our heart is hard and it doesn't accept what's coming our way. You know, for some of us, it, it could be something completely different. Maybe we grew up in the church and we just found out, uh, you know, when we're 13, 14 years old that, oh, this is my parents' thing and I don't really know what this is about. And all of a sudden, over many years of not going to church, you just, your heart gets in a state of hardness. And when the seed is scattered once again, because God always sends someone to help you in some way, then it, it's a place of hardness, you know. So the soil number one was the one that goes on the footpath. The soil number two is the one that falls into the rocky soil. And this is Jesus explaining it in verse 16. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. It's a good thing. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long, they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing in God's word. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Come on, I know I've been there in my life. You come in, 
You know, you hear a great message, it's well-spoken, it's funny, and someone did some funny puns about New Year's resolutions at the start of it. And you know, you have a great moment and you receive God into your life, but then you don't ever walk back in these doors again. You don't get planted in a church. You know, Hannah and I doing youth, we see this and it's the biggest challenge in a youth ministry is how we, we can always get young people saved. We can always present the gospel and people will respond. But the challenge is the next step after that is how do we get them to lock into a group of friends that are gonna encourage them? How do we get them to lock into a youth ministry that is gonna feed them every single week? How do we get them more than a youth ministry to lock into a church setting where they can get fed every Sunday even when they're not a teenager anymore? And all too often we see young people come in, get saved. Don't make the commitment to come back or don't make the commitment to go to church. And years come by and and they're no longer around. And you know what? I've had messages, you know, so many over the years of people like that. And they message you and they say, hey, I just want to say thank you. Like what you did for me in that time when I was at youth was amazing. I'm just feeling a bit lost at the moment. And there's this inner yearning for more, but they never committed to be planted. And you know, our our senior pastor, Paul, he, he does an amazing message called Planted People Prosper. If you haven't heard it, I encourage you to go online, try and find it. But it talks about the importance of being planted in the church. We're not talking about you have to be this church. I'm talking about the church. Be planted in our church. Be planted where someone can get alongside you and pray for you. Be planted where someone can say, hey, I I see you're not doing too well this week. Can I help you with anything? Be planted in a connect group when something devastating happens in your family, that your connect group comes and brings meals to you and brings uh, support in those times of need. The church has been created by God to help you. But the seeds that fall on this rocky soil are great in the moment. They have a great honeymoon period, but then they fall on rocks and they don't sprout any further. Soil number three is the one that falls and thorns grow. Jesus explains it like this in verse 18 and 19. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by worries of this life. Anyone got worries? Yep. The lure of wealth, yep. The desire of other things, so no fruit is produced. You know, this is someone who comes to church and says, I'm a Christian. I'm planted in God's house. But for whatever reason, there's no fruit in their life because they're saying, oh, my, I'm just focusing on my career at the moment. I just, I just need to get through this busy stage at work. Oh, I'm just doing my master's, double master's in, in study and it's just too hard to go to a connect group or it's just too hard to connect in that way. It's just too hard to go further into God's word. I don't have time to read the Bible. So someone who would identify as a Christian but doesn't take any steps further to having a relationship with God where there's fruit that is produced. It's a good message. I love God, but I just don't need to rely on Him right now. My life's good. I've got good income, got a good family, uh, I've got a cool car, I went to the cricket for three days, life's good. Maybe some people are at the cricket right now, who knows? <laughs> it's seed that's fallen, that's grabbed hold in the, in the soil, but as it started to grow, the thorns are also growing around it, and it's choked any fruit that could be produced from that life. On soil number four, is the fertile soil. Jesus explains it like this in verse 20. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest. It's important. 
The seed that falls on good soil produces a harvest. It produces fruit. And this even goes to the point, Jesus says, it produces a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Come on, this is someone, many of us in this room, who have encountered the love of God, who have encountered a great worship moment with God, who have said, God, I'm here. God, I need you. God, I'm ready to work for you. Come on, there's people in this room and you're like this, you're fertile soil. I encourage you in that. It is a good place to be. It is a good thing to be standing on the altar and saying, God, use me. God, help me when I go to work tomorrow. God, help me when I go to university tomorrow. God, help me when I don't know what to say to this person and they're in trouble and I need to help them. You are fertile soil with an open state of a heart towards God using you. You know, the, the ultimate meaning of this parable is this whole idea of where we sit in our salvation journey, how we receive the good news that is given to us. And I wrote this, Jesus spoke about this parable to teach how important the state of our heart is to receiving the gospel and how our salvation is outworked by our choices and actions after hearing the gospel. You see, the sower in this story or the the farmer in this story is essentially Jesus. And because of the Holy Spirit that he's gifted to us, it's ultimately us that is the farmer. And the seed that is sown is the word of God. You see, I think and I I wholeheartedly believe this parable is about our salvation moment and how we receive that and the journey we go on before we receive God into our life. But I also think there's some great principles within this parable that can be translated to other areas of our life. And, And those two things being, number one, sharing our faith, and number one, in the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna explain this to you a little bit. So first of all, we'll start with sharing our faith. Why is the farmer putting seed on the footpath? I was reading this, I'm like, he must be an average farmer. (laughs) Like, like I I don't, so so I went on Google and I looked up and I said, how to sow seed for dummies. And there's a 10 step process for sowing seed. And it's got a whole bunch of things that go on, but not, not anywhere does it say, put the seed on the footpath. Not anywhere does it say, oh, accidentally put some in the thorns. Not anywhere does it say, oh, put it there and put it here. I'm pretty sure most farmers know that they should put the seed in the soil that they've made good for growing plants. And so I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, why is Jesus telling a story about an average farmer? And at the end of the day, he's the farmer, so why is he talking about himself saying he's an average farmer? And I'm like, either this is a really bad story, or it's a made-up story by Jesus to get a point across. And that's exactly what a parable is. Jesus made up a story to get a point across about the kingdom of God. So I start thinking, so why did he talk about, and we've talked about these salvation issues, but the thing I came to, to know is that the farmer didn't just put seed in the good places. The farmer didn't just put seed in the places that he would yield results. The farmer didn't just put seeds in the place that felt good for him. The farmer didn't just put seeds where the sun shone. He put seeds everywhere. In the same way as people, when we're sharing our faith, we cannot discriminate. We can't discriminate who we give the seed to. We can't discriminate. Come on now, we can't discriminate who we give the gospel to. You see, God gave his gospel to us. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that God didn't discriminate against me. That God didn't look at me and go, oh, he's hard soil. Because I was. I'm glad that God didn't look at Hannah and go, oh, she's hard soul, so I'm not gonna, you know, pursue that. 
because otherwise I wouldn't have a wife, so I'm glad. (laughs) But I know that every single one of us in this room, we could identify in one of those four different types of soil at some point in our life before we knew God. And I'm glad that God didn't discriminate against you because you're here today and you're making a difference for the kingdom of God. Come on, when we share our faith, we cannot discriminate about who we share it with. So what do we do if the person that we're sharing the good news about God with is hard soil? Anyone got any of those people in their life? And it's all you want for them is the good news of the gospel. All you want for them is to receive the love that you've received from God. Maybe it's, you know, you're sitting in here and you're a parent today and that's all you want for your child. That your child has walked away from God and has a hard heart towards for whatever reason, whatever's happened. And your longing desire is that they would know the love of God once again. That they would stand in church and worship God next to you. Maybe you're someone like me here and Your family is lost. Your brothers and sisters don't know the love of God. And there's a hard heart and we've just had Christmas and you meet up with them and maybe they ask questions, maybe they mock you for church or maybe they're supportive, I'm not sure. But we find ourselves in this place where we wanna share who God is but we go, oh, it's too hard. God didn't discriminate. And so often we can discriminate in regards to who we tell the gospel, especially to the ones we love. Sometimes it's easier to tell a stranger in the street than it is to tell our brother or our sister or our mum or dad and child. So what do we do? Well, I think we should toil the soil and keep sowing the seed. Toil the soil, sow the seed. So what I learned in my little Google about, uh, you know, how to sow seed for dummies was that you need to prep the soil in order for the seed to grow. That you need to toil the soil. That if it is hard, then you need to get something, break it up. You need to add moisture. You need to add some fertilizer. You need to create an environment that that the seed will grow. And a few practical things that we can do as people and gifts that God has given us, I believe, how we can toil the soil is, number one, just show unconditional love. Show love that God would show to us. We show that to other people. You know, I love this quote. I'll always remember it and always stand by it. And that is, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. That our lifestyle, that when we go to a Christmas gathering, that when we're hanging out with our family, that it should be a place, a time when we can preach the gospel without even having to say a word. That we can love on people, that we can be encouraging, that we can, you know, be genuinely excited for them in different areas of their life. And the second thing we can do is pray. Prayer is an amazingly powerful thing. And we can pray in quiet for these people that God would prepare their heart. You know, we pray every single Sunday before every service that God would prepare people's hearts. You guys, as you walk in to receive from Him, we believe that prayer is powerful. But there's also a power in asking someone if you can pray for them. When was the last time you're in a lunchroom or you're at uni or whatever and someone said, oh, I've got this going on and that you just simply responded, well, do you mind if I pray for you? You know, 98% of people will say, yeah, that'd be great. And then they'll say, oh, do you mean here? (laughs) You say, well, if you want, otherwise I can pray for you when I go home tonight. You know, laying hands on people is is powerful. We can pray for people. It actually unlocks and starts to unharden that heart that people may have. You know, the other thing we can do is talk about church. 
don't know what you do on a Monday or on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, but I'm sure someone at some point asked you how your weekend was. And I wonder what your response is. Is it, oh yeah, had a good weekend, went to cricket, you know, did this, did that. Or is the first thing out of our mouth, oh, I went to church on Sunday. It was the best. Had the best time at church on Sunday. Man, you should have seen it. The band, they were like jumping around and they did this new guitar thing. Like, and then the person's like, oh, what? They have guitars in church. Wow. You say, oh, man, our church has got the best coffee. You've got to come. You've got to come get a coffee. Shout out to the coffee team. Come on, how much do we actually talk about this place? Because let's be honest, this place is awesome. We've got an amazing kids facility. We've got bouncy castles. We've got a full cafe. We've got good stuff happening, good music. Why not talk about it? It's, it's not an invitation, but it's toiling the soil. It's starting to prepare someone's heart that they would receive who God is. Come on, we've got to remember that the seed needs to go everywhere. And the second thing I thought that we could apply this to is in the area of the conviction of, our, of the Holy Spirit in our own personal life. And, you know, I've been a Christian for 15 years now. I got saved when I was 15 years old as a teenager. Got invited to a youth ministry. And you know what my experience is, is that when I made the decision to accept God into my life, I didn't become a perfect person straight away. In fact, I hate to break it to you, but I'm not a perfect person now. Anyone else agree with me that just because you got God, you're not perfect? Jesus is the only perfect person, but my experience is that seeing people come and encounter with God over the years is that perfection doesn't happen. But that as you journey with God, you sit in a position of salvation and go, God, I'm forgiven. God, I'm in a place of, I love you. I need you in my world. But I know that there's things in my life that I need you to illuminate to me. And you know, Jesus says in John 14, 16, this is before He goes to the cross and He says, I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. You see, God uses the Holy Spirit to illuminate areas in our life that need heavenly redirection. You know, the old saying, you can't see the log in your own eye. You know, often we just go along life and we're oblivious to different things that are going on until, especially when you're a new Christian. I remember becoming a Christian. I didn't know what sin was. I'm not joking. I legit didn't know what the word sin meant. So for three months, I'm coming to church and I didn't know that until someone explained it, that it was just the separation, anything that separates me from God. And you know, there's, as a Christian, like I said, you don't get perfect, but there's always things in your life that are maybe taking you further away from God than they are taking you closer. And I'm sure everyone in this room can agree with that. And God just comes in the way that He does. And it might be through a loved one <laughs> saying, you need to change this, you need to do that, you're doing this wrong. But most of the time it's from that small voice of the Holy Spirit just saying, hey, I think you need to change that in your world. Hey, I think that just I'm not sure if that conversation you had with that person was truly lifting up of who God was, God is. You know, that small voice of God in a moment of, maybe it's you're just at work or at school or a student, and you're sitting around a lunchroom and there's a conversation going on that you're engaging with. And you might just hear Holy Spirit just say, hey, this conversation is not lifting up God's name. In fact, it's doing the opposite. 
Maybe it's just a conversation about your boss and how much you don't like them. <laughs> and Holy Spirit might just come and say, hey, that's not actually the way that I've called you to, to live. You know, in so many ways, the Holy Spirit can come and illuminate in our life. And you know what? Often we avoid the things that are hard for us to change. We'll hear Holy Spirit speak or we'll hear it preach from a platform that this is the better way to live, but yet we sit in a place where we don't wanna respond to that because it's gonna be too hard for us. So when it comes to this parable, I wanna ask you, what's the state of your heart when God's speaking to you personally? Is it a hardened soil? like a footpath that the seed gets thrown out from Holy Spirit or from a friend about an area in your life that probably needs to change? Is your heart hard to that and then just goes, no, I don't want to deal with it and keeps going on? Or is it in a moment maybe at church and your heart is open to the change and you respond to an altar call and you open your life up and you go, oh, God, I need, I need to change this. But you walk out that door and nothing changes. Or maybe you do the same thing, you walk out and you have all intentions to do it, but the busyness of life and the, the different things or the hardness that might be to a relationship that you have. Come on, can you see where I'm going with this? That the state of our heart really does determine the way that we react when God speaks to us. Are we a fertile soil that is just saying, God, what do you need to change? God, what do you want me to do? God, how do you want me to act? You know, I want to be someone who's constantly checking the state of my heart, who's constantly having a moment to check, not just on the 29th of December, not just at the end of the year and going, oh, how was my last year? My heart was good most of the time. I want to be someone who regularly, in fact, it's biblical that we daily come to God, check the state of our heart, ask for forgiveness, and let God speak into our world. I want to be in a position to receive when God speaks, when the Holy Spirit prompts. And, you know, in a few minutes, we're going to have communion together. And uh, the team are going to hand it out now. And the band's going to join me. But I, I want us to have a moment. And communion, if you don't know, is about remembering what Jesus did on the cross for us. Remembering that He died so that we could be free, so that we could have eternal life with Him. And, you know, we're going to have communion. I just want us to reflect. Firstly, on our salvation, on where we sit with God, on, on where we're at in that journey. Secondly, it'd be awesome to, to reflect and start to pray for those that we need to pray for. Start to think about who we need to share our faith with. And thirdly, I just want us to check the state of our heart. When God wants to speak to you, how open are you? Maybe there's just a certain area that God has been speaking and you know that you've had a hard heart towards it. Maybe today's the day that that opens up. Do I reckon that we can be a generation of people that want to receive all of who God is? And You know, my life, my story is that uh, when I was 15, a guy that I played hockey with asked me to come to church and I said, no, it's a good start. Um, so he asked me again and I said, no. <laughs> so he asked me again I said no but he was planting seed by asking me to church but the whole time he was toiling the soil in my life because he was the most smiley person I've ever met in my life 
I remember legit saying to him one day, why do you smile so much? It's weird. (laughs) But I remember because of his goodness, and it wasn't even him that I went to church with. (laughs) He tore the soil. He threw the seed out. And then another mate came along and said, hey, do you want to come with me? And because of the other guy, I went. Because my heart and the soil had been prepared for another seed to come and and take heart. So come on, what's what's the state of your heart today? We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.